Uh, So the reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 25, uh, beginning at verse uh, 31 and reading until verse 46, the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Let's uh, let's pray again as we as we begin to reflect on God's word together. Father God, thank you for the gift of your word, and may indeed be a gift to us this morning. Speak to us, we pray, by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, uh, March the 29th appears to have passed us by, Um, and we're still no clearer as to where we stand. Well, I'm not anyway. But um, I thought, if anyone's just a little bit confused, that this short video might help. 
So the way I understand it is that Parliament have said no to Theresa's deal and they've said no to no deal, but some of them said yes to no deal, but no to Theresa's deal, but not as many that said no to no deal and no to Theresa's deal, but they don't actually have a deal of their own, which is a big deal because... Without a deal, then no deal is more likely to be the deal that's dealt and the people who want the deal can't be dealing with that. Well, I'm glad we've cleared so that one up anyway. We... That's uh, is Scottish comedian Jay Lafferty. Um, well, we've, we've had Brexit Day, uh, supposedly, um, and now we've got this passage on Judgment Day. And if Brexit leaves us scratching our heads and fearful of what the future might hold, what about the idea of judgment? How do we respond to that? This passage from Matthew 25 is the, the sort of passage that could leave us scratching our heads. It could leave, leave us in a place of self-doubt and questioning. We might be asking ourselves, am I doing enough for God? Does God see me as a sheep or a goat? Will I end up on the left or on the right? And that's not a political statement. <laughs> am I in? Am I out? Am I in danger of a fiery end? Panic ensues. But I think if that is our response, we may be asking the wrong questions. And the more I've sat with this passage um, during these last few days, the more I've realized that the underlying question is actually, who is center stage in your life? Who is center stage in your life? You may or may not have realized, but we've been pursuing a mini-series during Lent, which has caused us to look outwards. It's called us to look beyond ourselves. It's been linked with the Matthew 25 challenge that Anita introduced us to a few weeks ago. At the beginning of that series, Nigel reminded us of Jesus' words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we reflected on the, out, on the outward nature of his ministry and the way in which it fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. And then we went on to think about the grace of giving and how our generosity resources God's work through Christchurch to the world. Last week with Joe, we looked beyond ourselves to creation, which speaks of God and speaks to God. And this morning, through this passage, we're looking beyond ourselves to others, to our fellow human beings, our brothers and sisters made in the image of God. But underpinning all of these themes is that big question, who takes center stage? If we're determined to be centre stage in the limelight, all of our decisions will centre around what's best for us. There have been a few accusations flying in the direction of certain politicians in recent weeks in the Brexit debates as to whether they're putting themselves and their desires at the centre. I think God will judge on that one. Let's leave it to him. But if we're determined to take centre stage, we'll be blasé about creation and environmental issues because we'll only be living for a moment. 
We'll put our needs first when we think about how we spend our money, how we use our resources, how we give to God's work. In fact, to be honest, God won't get much of a look in beyond an hour or so on a Sunday morning because it will be about our comfort, our popularity, our well-being. Those things will be at the forefront of our minds. And yet, if Jesus takes centre stage, our lives will be radically different. And we'll have no reason to fear whether we're sheep or goats, whether we're in or out, whether we're on the left or the right. Because we'll increasingly be seeing things from his point of view and we'll live accordingly. If Jesus is centre stage, then our engagement with the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the prisoner, the sick, and all the equivalents, will look different. And how it's expressed will look different for each of us. Now, I'm very excited this morning because I have in my hand the final proof of the Christchurch Annual Report for 2018-2019. Now, one young lady has just put her heads in her hands because she's noticed, and she knew about this, that her picture appears on the front cover. It's a lovely picture. Thanks, Pat, for your willingness. (laughs) Copies will be on the website on Wednesday and then paper copies available on Thursday and signed copies will be available next Sunday. (laughs) In here are lots of wonderful, inspiring examples of where people have put Jesus first, where they've put him centre stage, and have served others both inside and outside the Christian community. And so you'll be able to read in here about the ministry of the pastoral team and the care coordinators and others who visit, the love and concern shown for the housebound, those in hospital, those going through particular trials. You'll be able to read about some of the things that the youth and children's teams have been involved in in these past 12 months. Reaching out to young people and children, whatever their background, with unconditional love and welcome. In here, the cat befrienders, those taking food parcels, those working alongside Layla. You'll be reminded of our mission partners sacrificially serving, whether it's in an orphanage in India or serving the persecuted church across the world or Ben and Katie in Tanzania or other examples. The Mother's Union, Open Church, Fellowship, Jigsaw, Detached Youth Work, Messy Church, the list goes on. Fulfilling Jesus' call, putting him at the centre. But you know what? This is woefully inadequate. Don't tell John Tooby, he's done a fantastic job. But this is woefully inadequate because it just expresses a tiny bit of what some people are doing within the life of some of the gathered church activities. What would it look like if we could each provide a report of what God has been doing in our lives and how we've been serving him and seeking to keep him centre stage over these past 12 months. It wouldn't be a flimsy little document like this. It would be more like a folder like this with pages overflowing and more being added to it day by day. 
And then, of course, there's another file. It's empty at the moment, but it will tell of what we will do during the next 12 months and the ways in which we will seek to serve God in the world. And all those things arise as we keep Jesus centre stage, seeking to fulfil his call. Of course, you don't have to be a Christian to show compassion in some of these ways, but these things will be the natural outworking of faith in Christ. It's a desire to keep Jesus centre stage that inspired Ben and Katie Ray to upsticks and serve Christ in Tanzania. And do take a letter on your way out, which reminds you of some of the things they're doing and some of the ways in which we can pray. But equally, it's a desire to keep Jesus centre stage that inspires many mums and grandmothers here to love their children, grandchildren of a Christ-like love. And it's that same motivation that should inspire each of us to serve him on our front lines, wherever that might be. There's a wonderful little verse in Philippians chapter 2 which reminds us about not pursuing selfish ambition, but seeking the best for others, looking not for our own benefit, but to the needs of others. Keeping Jesus centre stage requires us to know Jesus not just as Saviour, but also as Lord. Not just accepting that through Jesus we are saved and that our eternal destiny is secure, but allowing his ways and his teachings to permeate all that we are, putting him first. One of the most uh, memorable talks I heard, and I don't remember many talks, and people don't remember many of mine, was a talk that asked the question, where is Jesus in your car? Now, please please bear with me on this one. It does go somewhere and make some sort of sense. The assumption was that when we open our lives to Jesus, we're letting him into our car. And so the question was asked, is Jesus locked away in the boot? Are you happy to know that he's with you but you don't want him getting too involved in your life, so you keep him out of the way, letting him out only when you decide it's safe. Or maybe Jesus is in the back seat of a car. He's close at hand, but you're very much in control of where you're going and paying little attention to the one offering advice over your shoulder even if his advice is rather better than most backseat drivers' advice. Or maybe Jesus is in the passenger seat, pointing out some of the sights on the journey, warning you of any obstacles in the road, and giving some friendly direction whilst you make the decisions as to where you want to go. Or just maybe Jesus is in the driver's seat, holding the wheel, with you willing to travel wherever he takes you, whether it's along wide, open dual carriageways or twisty country lanes, trusting that he knows best and will brake and accelerate at just the right time. You see, when Jesus is in the driver's seat, he'll prompt us to express his compassion in the way set out in this reading our lives will better reflect his character and his priorities. 
That's not automatic. It requires an active listening to his word, an openness to his spirit, a willingness to learn from his people. But it's the best way. And it's the only way, surely, for us as his followers. Brexit day might come at some point. We know not how or when. What is more certain is that judgment day will one day come. But rather than worrying about it, let's ensure that Jesus is centre stage, that Jesus is behind the wheel and that we're seeking to be in tune with his call to light up his world. And only we as individuals can know whether that is truly the case at the moment. And whether there's need for some adjustment, whether maybe he was once centre stage, but we've pushed him off to one side. And so I just encourage us, just in a few moments of silence, just to reflect as to what it might mean either to keep Jesus centre stage or to bring him back to centre stage where he is very much the one getting the glory, the true focus of our worship. Lord Jesus, we recognise that we're flawed human beings and that so often we are putting ourselves forward, either consciously or subconsciously. Forgive us, Lord, when in different ways we push you to one side. Help us, Lord, to put you centre stage. Help us to keep you in the driving seat. that we might hear your voice, that we might heed your call and express your love to a needy and hurting world. Fill us with your compassion, we pray, that your purposes might be worked out. In Jesus' name, amen.